Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. This is episode number five, and I am your host, Caitlin Fusco. Now, before we get into today's interview, I want to stop and take a moment to thank our first sponsor, and that is Mama Moon Birth Photography. Ashley Moon is the owner of this company. She is located in Greenville, South Carolina. Ashley is an incredible photographer. She takes maternity sessions. She does birth photography and filmography. She does newborn lifestyle sessions as well as family lifestyle sessions. And that's the thing that I love so much about Ashley's photography is that it's all documentary style. It's all natural, not posed. It's just your family living your life, especially in those first golden hours. To find out more about Ashley and schedule her as your birth photographer, you can head over to her website, which is Mama Moon, M-A-M-A-M-O-O-N, birthstories.com. You can also find her on Instagram at mamamoon.birthphotography. You can also check out my own Instagram because I post her pictures all the time. She is who we used for our first home birth. She was our birth photographer, and she's who we're going to be using for our second. Ashley also did our pregnancy announcement video, which is incredible, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes because you will be blown away at her work. Now, I also want to point out, if you would like to sponsor an episode or have an advertisement, please contact me at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, K-A-T-E-L-Y-N at myhappyhomebirth.com, and I'm happy to set that up. Same for any interviews. That's the same email address. I cannot believe how many downloads we have gotten in just the short time since the podcast's launch. So if you are enjoying this, I ask that you please head on over to iTunes and give a rating and review. It will help others like you find this information. So with that being said, let's jump into today's interview. This one's going to be really fun. It is with a couple, Ryan and Christina Zrama, and they are so funny. It's such a lighthearted, great episode, and I know that you're going to be excited to hear about their Harry Potter birth. Ryan and Christina, thank you guys so much for coming on Happy Home Birth. Hi, good to be here. Hello. So I would love for you both to just tell me about yourselves and introduce your family to the listeners. Oh, I got this. Uh, Christine and I were married under the full moon. Oh, gosh. On a, okay. So on I'm, a mountainside oh, in Switzerland. That's so cool. So I'm Christina, and this is Ryan, and he is a very normal computer developer. <laughs> builds websites. Sounds like it. Yeah. And we have three kids. One um, of whom is calling us from the hallway right yeah, now. Yes, so I'll go check <laughs> on him. Um, I'm a doula, so I do a lot with birth um I've been a doula for about uh, about nine years now um and our oldest child is nine and then we have two boys that are three and six I've been around childbirth for about nine years as well uh I've attended three births <laughs> in different circumstances uh both a hospital birthing center uh a detached birthing center and my master bathroom oh master bathroom well uh, Tell me about that. You so you guys have given birth in several different settings. 
what was that like? Why did you decide to transition from one to the other? And I'd love for you to just start by telling me about your first birth. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll field it since Christina's taking care of the uh, toddler. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, the first go round, you know, I'm, I'm, I've only ever really been around, I guess, quote unquote, traditional or today's traditions uh, childbirth and didn't really have any expectations around what birth would be like. But I was nervous because I'm a man and I don't have the kind of body parts that babies come out of for that incubate babies or anything. And so for the first uh, the first child, you know, I just kind of wanted to be near a hospital. And so fortunately, living in Louisville, Kentucky, across the river in um, Jeffersonville or Clarksville, Indiana, kind of just the suburbs of Louisville, uh, there's a hospital that had uh, a, a nurse midwifery run birthing center attached to it. And so that's where we gave birth uh, to Eowyn. Yeah, and um, her birth was wonderful. It was completely natural. Um, I, I went past my due date with absolutely no pressure to be induced, uh, but it was a really long birth. It ended up being 45 hours of active labor. Um, I did get a break in there about six hours where our contraction stopped and I was able to sleep and able to eat an insane amount of food. I was able to sleep then too. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, but um, I, I fell asleep again the next morning whenever Christina decided to stay up uh, a second night in a row laboring. Uh, I fell asleep in her bed in triage. Yeah, he did. While my mother-in-law <laughs> pushed her, walked her around the the, the ward with a I don't know. I just walked around. No, I just walked around having contractions. Yeah. yeah, they were really impressed to find a guy in the triage bed. But anyway. I'll all that to say, we did have a really good experience. I felt really triumphant and well supported after that Same. ordeal. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was um, I was so inspired by that birth, by having this long first birth, and then feeling like I came out feeling amazing. I want to help other women feel the same. So that's when I started get in, getting involved in apprenticing, shadowing a doula that I knew through our church, and. Um, I had already started researching stuff for our for that birth, so I that's how I had known I wanted a midwife. Um, so that was our first birth, and we thought, wow, that was perfect. Natural birth in a hospital is great. Um, and then three years later, we moved to a different state. So now we're here in South Carolina, where home birth is legal, and there were a lot more birth choices than we had in Louisville, where home birth is not licensed. Um, and so I was really sad about leaving my midwife, but I was excited that it opened up possibilities to have a hospital, not a hospital birth, a hospital free birth. And I um, interviewed several and picked one who had her own independent birth center. And so then we had um, a birth that there with my son that was uh, pretty short. Now, Ryan, well, how did you feel about switching from the hospital to the freestanding birth center? Uh, I, I felt fine. Yeah. Um, I we'd been married long enough by then that I was like, well, you know, if the worst happens, it's been a good run. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the insurance will be all right. We'll figure it out. Yeah. No, no. Because because also there again, I mean, we weren't in our house. You know, it's somebody else's bed. So so by that point, it's like, okay, well, my wife's not going to just like die due to complications. Now, what like what does it look like to have like all the mess and things, right? Because you mm -hmm. when you see a childbirth for the first time as a man, like just all of this fluid and goop comes <laughs> out of the woman, and then there's a, suddenly a placenta that you're holding and like, gawking at, and 
It's like, okay, well, what does that look like? And so being in the birthing center, you know, kind of showed me what that would be like. (laughs) I think that's so interesting. And I feel like that's one of the most asked questions by partners is, what happens to the mess and who takes care of that? Yeah, Yeah, because I I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily like a a germaphobe, but I am like a like a mesophobe. (laughs) And so like, like just the idea of of body fluids being all over my bedroom. It's like, I don't know, that didn't sound like appealing. Um, Right. And of course, you know, for our third, we did have uh, a home birth. And I got to see that they largely positioned things to shoot out on this plastic sheet and <laughs> wadded it up and took care of it for us, even at the house. <laughs> it's a, good a good positioning. Yeah, it's a bit like painting. I Gotta have the drop cloths. Yeah. No. So tell us, me about that second birth. Well, he was, um, he was once again past my due date. We figured out later that my daughter, our first child, was actually two weeks earlier than we thought. So she ended up actually being early, and I had high hopes that this one would also be early, but he wasn't. Um, So I went to 41 weeks, three days, and the thing that was kind of cool about having a midwife that was not based in a hospital was she had a lot more knowledge about herbs. So she advised me to do an herbal induction, and it worked very well. So he was born in about six hours, and I also had been by that point, I'd already been a doula for about a year and um, by myself. And before that, I had been shadowing births and doing the doula courses. And so I knew that there were things I could do to avoid the long labor I'd had with my first. Um, she was malpositioned. She was um, sunny side up or facing the wrong way, basically. And so I did chiropractic care and spinning babies all throughout my second pregnancy. And um, it was very thankful that it worked and he came out all 10 pounds, uh, six ounces of him came out quickly. I didn't really have to push. Um, and it was just so peaceful having him in the birth center. I think I remember Ryan and I talking afterwards saying, this is even better than the hospital. There was just, and Ryan was saying something like we knew everybody there. Um, except for the second midwife who came in while I was pushing. And I remember thinking, that's a really funny way to meet someone. Very <laughs> awkward introduction. I know. And I was like roaring really loud and I knew I was roaring. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, that's but, uh, really unbelievable. Going from a 45 hour labor to six hours. Yep, definitely. I mean, the, I tell my clients now as a doula, it's not so much the size of the baby as the position of the baby. And I believe that my births prove that. Um, I mean, cause he was a, a full pound heavier. My daughter was eight pounds, 10 ounces. And my, my first, my second child was 10 pounds, six ounces. And so like, obviously the, <laughs> the, the size did not impede his length of birth. So spinning babies and chiropractic care are what you did to prenatally to prepare you for birth. Yes. I remember making Ryan do the sifting with the rebozo like every I wasn't night. A fan. He wasn't, but I was like, I am not having another 45 hour labor. You are sifting me. <laughs> And sift he did. He did. He complied. So with your um with your second birth, how long had you been in South Carolina? Had you kind of already established roots or how did you choose that midwife practice? I we moved at uh, we had the dating not the dating, the anatomical ultrasound, so at five months, twenty weeks, and I moved, we moved like two days later. So I um I didn't have a ton of time to find another midwife. So I interviewed three, I interviewed with all of the independent birthing centers in the area at the time. And I just went with the one who felt 
I felt the most comfortable with. She was very calm. She had been catching babies longer than I'd been alive. Um, she's no longer practicing now, but she was the one who trained most of the other midwives in our area. And I just really felt comfortable with her. And that's like, that's just huge. You know, if you feel comfortable with someone, you're going to have a good labor with them. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. So, so your first labor was really great though. It was long and your second labor was somehow even better than that. Now tell me how you decided to go from the birthing center to having a home birth. Well, I had had, I had actually gotten to see a home birth for the first time the year before I got pregnant. And I, it actually was a really stressful birth for most of the birth team, but cause the mom, um, just was having a hard time coping, but I still thought it was wonderful. And I thought it was so peaceful. And so I, um, I was really, really happy with that atmosphere. And I got home and I was like, I want a home birth. If I ever have another baby, I want a home birth. And, um, also our birthing center closed. Yes. And so when I got, (laughs) when I got pregnant, the the more basic reason, (laughs) no, I, I mean, I already knew that, but but Ryan, I remember I said that to him. He was like, well, well, well we can always go back with the birth center because that was really great. But then it cl- she closed her birth center and she uh, stopped doing birth for a while. And I was like, OK, I can't go back to my midwife and she doesn't have birth center. So I was like, the only, I'm not going back to the hospital. The only other option is home birth. And so um, we interviewed or I, I just reached out to a midwife that I'd worked with um, and I was like, Hey, you want to be my midwife? <laughs> because I already knew her um, through working together and really, really liked her and, and really respected her as a midwife and seeing her at births. And so that was what we did. Um, and I found that it was even a, um, it was the same type of care ahead of time. Like you get to talk to them. Your, your, your appointments take about an hour as opposed to like 30 minutes in the hospital. Um, and, but there was just the added level of, of feeling like this person's coming into my home, which is even more close and intimate in some ways, um, as opposed to we're going there for everything. We're going to their birth center. That we're, so there's just more of a close relationship and a level of care. And then um, I was also so glad not to have to worry about when we were supposed to leave for the birth center. Um, you know, that's always the question is like, well, when do you go? <laughs> I was like, ah, somebody's coming to me. I, they can be the ones driving and they're not having contractions. Yeah, car tractions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ryan, how did you feel about that transition? Were you easily on board for the home birth at that point or did you have some concerns? No, yeah, it was fine. And, and we, where we lived to was actually closer to a hospital than the birthing center that we had used previously anyways. So, I mean, like, like that concern is really kind of a non-issue, but also we'd have had two children by then. And, and he'd you know, heard two, me talk about a birth and I, he'd met Ina May. <laughs> so he, yeah, he, I, I asked her to research male ecstatic birth. She said she would. <laughs> she said she would not? <laughs> no, she said she'd be happy to. Oh. <laughs> she said all the men like that topic. <laughs> oh, that's so Ina May, she's the best. <laughs> she is. And he and he'd had to go with, with me. Um we did Hypno Babies with the third. We did Bradley with the um the, the first. It's all fake. <laughs> my impression. <laughs> However, it definitely helped just put us both at ease about um just the physiological nature of birth that the these organs are meant to do their job and if we stay out of the way most of the time they do just fine. 
Um, so neither, none of us were afraid of birth at that point. Ryan, did you feel prepared by going to the childbirth education classes or did you just, just tag along with Christina? Uh, hard to say. Like I said, I mean, I, I'm sure that there's like psychology behind hypno babies and I'm sure there's whatever, you know, there's biology behind it all and same for Bradley and whatever else. I, I I'm, I'm generally skeptical. <laughs> but I, but I'm also like fine with like you know I'm fine with the sort of pragmatic approach to like well even if it's all in my head so long as I have a process and uh, and I'm following it and everything is okay then cool that's great so like the, the classes I don't think they made me like any more or less you know sanguine about home birth I think it just was all part of the process and that was fine so right and I think that just as a framework of just knowing, even though you had already experienced birth, you know, twice before by the time you'd hit hypno babies, but just kind of that idea of, oh, okay, well, this is normal. And here are some things that I could do during labor can, can kind of be nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, also like, you know, understanding too, from going to the birthing center, understanding like here, are the here's what it looks like to give birth in a bed. Okay. There's plastic sheets and okay, I'm holding my wife's leg up so that <laughs> a baby can be pulled out with his arm raised above his head. Yeah, like Superman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like, just understanding, okay, well, there's there's not a whole lot different here. The only thing different about being in the hospital was that I guess they had the bar you could pull up on and, I don't know, a few other things. But, but yeah, yeah, like, it just... As far as equipment that I used, there was, there was not yeah. really anything else. The though. The one thing that I loved about a birth center or even uh, even more about home birth was when I had that really long labor, I was starting to get pressure to start intervening. You know, they're like, well, you've been at this at four centimeters for a long time. Let's start you on some Pitocin. Whereas um, I'm sure that if I'd had a midwife with me, she would have been able to know this baby's malposition. Let's see if we can get the baby to turn um, as opposed to just kind of saying, well, you know we can either do nothing or we can intervene chemically kind of kind of thinking that they had. And um, because I, I was having such a long birth and being pressured at the hospital, I, I left the hospital and went home, which was nice because that's when I ate a ton of food and well, we labor, slept. Labor more or less stalled yep. at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't know that and, um, anything for us to do there. Well, and I didn't want the interventions they were suggesting, but that also meant that I didn't have a midwife with me. I didn't have anybody skilled with me. Um, so I was very skilled. <laughs> the first birth, besides Ryan, <laughs> first birth he'd be. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a big difference about the birth center birth, where you're pretty much the only person there, um, and they're focusing on you and they're with you the whole time. I remember being so impressed that my midwife could tell pretty much how dilated I was just by how I sounded. Um, you know, she didn't even mm-hmm. have to check me. She's like, oh, you sound like you're about an eight now. <laughs> Things like that. <laughs> That's voice, so interesting. Her voice was a little bit smaller than Christina. It was more like, it sounds like you're about an eight now there, darling. <laughs> yes. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, I think like just the, the, the main thing that, that kind of geared me up to have a home birth for Patrick was that, that piece that Christina mentioned about, like, in the birthing center, uh, you know, you're just kind of chilling in a bed. And then I think, I can't remember the, the precise phrase, but something to the effect of, after you do a piddle, y'all can go home. You know, she had to, <laughs> she had to take a leak before we could leave the center. Um, but it was just, you know, a lot more chill and relaxing and awesome. And then 
It's like, okay, well, cool. That'd be great to be able to do that even in our own bed. Why not? And so, right. you know, we, you know, the inflatable tub in our master bath. Uh, and I was literally eating like barbecue and drinking beer while Christina was laboring in the tub. <laughs> he posted a picture on Facebook of, of his, the tub all filled up with his beer. And he's like, this sure beats a paper sheet in triage. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was about. Ryan just wanted a better place to nap. Right. Yeah, seriously. Um, also, it's well, easier to have family around. Like, you know, my, my mother-in-law stayed over, took care of the children. And then the children were able to come in whenever... Uh, Patrick was actually born, so I could see a baby come out of her mother, which was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it's just a, just a lot more fun, engaging experience, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I love the intimacy of that and how the entire family gets to be involved, especially when it's a home birth. Sure. Yeah, and um, Patrick's birth was also pretty short. He went, again, he went the 41 weeks, three days, but with him, the the not so fun part was that I'd had a, I started having prodromal labor or labor contractions that don't go anywhere six weeks before that. And oh, I, I know, so I was just exhausted and we, w- and I actually got put on modified bed rest by my midwife because um, she was concerned he would be born too early to have a safe home birth. And so I had to be on modified bed rest and then nothing happened and we were glad, but then, you know, my due date comes, nothing happens. Okay. These contractions are getting really annoying. <laughs> um, so by the time I finally had a, a 41 weeks, three days, when I finally went into labor, I was already coming from a place of being really tired and, um, yeah, just kind of my, my body was already tired. So his birth was pretty, was a lot more difficult physically speaking than, um, my second son's birth, my second son's birth. I didn't really have hardly any what I would call pain. It was uh, hard work. And there were definitely some moments of discomfort kind of at the peak of each contraction. But um, I remember laying in the tub and sleeping between contractions and, <laughs> and just kind of being like, oh, this, this contraction's waking me up. That's kind of annoying. <laughs> Tell me about Patrick's birth. How, how did the whole thing kind of go? Um, well, I also pursued a herbal induction with him because I'd been having that prodromal labor. Um, it was it was so confusing for me as a doula because I would have most of the signs of, of labor readiness and I kept trying to figure myself out. Um, and to the point where we actually had my sister come down from out of town, we had friends come from out of town and around my due date because we were really sure he was going to come any minute. And then, you know, they all had to leave. <laughs> so so um, I ended up at 41 weeks and three days going ahead and taking some herbs and I actually did a different herbal regimen this, this time around. And it was really gentle, um, really effective and kind of regulated all my contractions. I also had done some, um, acupuncture to try to help manage the prodromal labor. And that was really helpful. Um, so by the time I went into labor with him, um, it stuff started moving really quickly. And so I called my midwife and I, she knew I had done the herbal, stuff and I was like I think it's starting and it's super intense can I please get in the shower and she's like absolutely I'm getting in my car um in 10 minutes and so when she came and all of our friends came and we'd had I had some friends who were nurses who were going to be there and um one friend who was an apprentice midwife or she was interested in becoming an apprentice midwife and so she wanted to see if she actually liked birth because she'd never actually seen a live birth (laughs) and so I had her there and a photographer and um 
being a doula, I wasn't sure if I would want a doula. So I asked a friend who wasn't a birthy per like she liked birth, but she wasn't trained at all. I asked her if she would kind of be my birth hostess was the term we gave it so that she could, um, just kind of make sure everybody knew where everything was and had drinks and blankets if they needed them just kind of kept everybody comfortable so that I wouldn't have to do that. Cause I knew if I was trying to think about everybody else, it would get in the way of me going to the birthing place in my head. Anyway. So people started coming and it really seemed all like, Oh wow, this is it. Um, and I got the urge to push after everyone had only been there maybe two or three hours. And we were like, oh, man, maybe all the prodromal labor paid off. Um, I got really loud. <laughs> um, but I wasn't I was never I, I, I didn't feel like I'd been through transformation. Like I, I, um, I had never had any real intense contractions. Everything was just really still manageable. And so I wasn't sure what was going on. I was like, maybe the hypno babies has just really been helpful. I don't know, maybe. But so I started pushing with the urges that I had and something just didn't feel right. Um, his head didn't feel low enough. Um, but at the same time, I, I had this urge to push. So finally, after about 30 minutes of bearing down, I asked the midwife to check me and she told me that I wasn't complete. Um, She's like, you still have a little bit of a cervical lip, so I'm going to have you not push. And what she didn't tell me is that I was still only four centimeters dilated. White, a cervical lip. <laughs> I know. Tactfully, she didn't mention that part. Um, now, where were you, by the way, when this was going on? I was in our, in our, I had actually gotten in the tub at that point. Um, in the birth pool? Yeah, in the birth tub that we'd filled up. And I remember um, they kept refilling the water with hot water, and I was like, you know, I don't know, in birth, you kind of think things and you don't say them, but in your head, you're like having this whole conversation with yourself. Anyway, I was like, why are they worried about the water? It doesn't matter. I They, they don't need to keep putting in the hot water. It's fine. Like it was just, I don't know, bothering me that they kept pouring in water. And, um, and then they like didn't pour in water for an hour. And then I remember them starting to add water again. And I was like, oh my gosh, that feels so much better. Like, oh, that's why they kept pouring hot water. <laughs> so yeah, tip, keep the water hot. It all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, so I was in the, I was in the pool and um, my little girl was in there and she was a really sweet doula. She kept telling me that I was beautiful and that I was strong. That I was doing a good job. And then, um, my, my son, my little three-year-old kept coming in and like showing me his little Playmobil nights and going back out. Um, but at that point, since I needed to do something to try to not push, they had me float on my back in the pool. And the idea was that this might, um, get his head over the cervix because my cervix at the time was still really far back. And even though he, gravity was pulling him down it wasn't putting his head on my cervix so I wasn't dilating even though his head was low enough to trigger the pushing urge I just there was no door there was no exit that way um so I flipped over onto my back and they had me they told me I needed to breathe through them pant through them blow through them not not push and that was the hardest physical thing I've ever had to do uh, for the next half hour I um was it not able to use my hypno babies because I had to think every second about not pushing. It was just very, very, very difficult. Um, Ryan, what did you think about all that? It's great. <laughs> he told me at one point that I was pushing him into the wall pretty hard. Cause I would like push off against the, the tub to not 
kind of like give myself something to push into instead of bearing down. He's like, you were, you were squishing me pretty hard, <laughs> but he didn't say anything at the time. Um, so what was, what was your role at that time, Ryan? Were you providing like physical comfort or were you just kind of in the background? How did you kind of set yourself up? I, I was primarily just providing counter pressure on the small of Christina's back that and enjoying a cold beer and barbecue. <laughs> Putting that on the small of her back as well. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I don't remember it too much, to be honest. Yeah. He was there. Um, he was at my head talking to me, encouraging me, telling me I could do it. I'm sure I made up a lot of good things to say to him. <laughs> of course. To Very her, romantic. Very to romantic. To feel powerful and wonderful. Um, so I, I do remember <laughs> I had prepared three kind of options for soundtrack. Um, with my other two kids, I'd had music. So I prepared a, a song list. I also have my Hypno Babies tracks all queued up, ready to go. And then um, this is going to sound really weird, but I love Harry Potter. So I had actually practiced using Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban book three as my Hypno Babies cue as one of them. And I used it to help me sleep at night and um, just found it even more relaxing. than. It's, the- not, it's not that it sounds weird, Caitlin. That, that is weird. <laughs> <laughs> totally normal. You know, witches, home birth, they go together. Um, so, so I had all three of them ready for my for my birth, just depending on what I wanted. And my birth team was all really hoping I would pick the Harry Potter soundtrack. They even talked about bringing um, witches' robes and hats to the birth. <laughs> so I, um, anyway, at the time, it's I, I expected to use either Hypno Babies or whatever, but because of the way it was so intense and I, I had to think so hard, I just couldn't use the hypno babies at all. So I asked, um, I don't remember who I asked. I asked somebody to turn on the music track. And so that's what actually ended up being crucial to me being able to cope with the, the contractions that I couldn't push through. And I remember I just sang all kinds of songs and I actually was a singer in college. And I remember like the rational part of me critiquing my vocal technique <laughs> As I was singing, I'm like, man, my voice teacher would not like that. Um, she would be so ashamed as I'm trying not to push this baby out singing. But then I was like, but it's okay. But it was definitely an impromptu concert, and um, it helped a ton. It, in um, apparently a lot of the people in the birth found it very moving that I was there singing at singing songs like "Great Is Thy Faithfulness" and "Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing," and I ended up singing one song about um, Mary giving birth in a barn. And, um, I remember being like, wow, if she could do it, she's only 15 or so I could definitely do this. And we ended up having a theological discussion because it talked about how there were no midwives to be found. And Ryan and I were like, do you think that's actually true? Do you really think Mary didn't have a midwife? (laughs) Like this is obviously between a contraction. (laughs) Everybody's home for the census and there's not a midwife. Come on. Seriously, she must have had an aunt that was a midwife. But then I was also thinking, who talks about this during their birth? <laughs> so anyway, I um, got to a point where even the songs weren't weren't really helping me. I was losing control. And um, I do remember one moment um, I, I, they said I, they could tell I was really losing it. And I was like 
I, I'm gonna, I can't do this. You're gonna have to take me to the hospital, and I'm gonna need a cesarean. I cannot do this anymore. And um, one of the m- midwife apprentices said, "Just sing again, sing again." And I said, "I don't know what to sing." And she said, "Just sing anything." So I started singing, "Jesus loves me." And this was my the sweetest moment of my birth when my husband started singing with me. I remember Ryan was just holding me and he's singing in my ear, Jesus loves me. He will stay close beside me all the way. And my midwife started singing and it, we were the only three in the bathroom. I had everyone else out kind of in the bedroom. So they were there, but I couldn't see them and I couldn't really hear them. Um, so even though I had all kinds of friends and support, it was still very intimate and close. Um, and they were singing with me. And I just remember being like, this is the this is the beauty of home birth I have people that are on my team that love me, that know me, that are singing with me and praying with me. Um, and you don't, you know, that's just, you can't buy that. <laughs> that was so precious. Um, and soon after that sweet moment, I reached my wall that every woman reaches every birth. And I was like, I have to try something else. I, I cannot do this anymore. And so um, the midwife suggested I stand up and we go through the rotisserie. Um, which is just basically two contractions on one side, two contractions on your hands and knees. Two Not to be confused with the rosary. Right, or the rotisserie chicken. <laughs> it's different. Yeah, and I remember her asking me, is that what you want? Does something feel different? And I was like, I cannot think. You have to tell me what to do. And she was like, okay, get up. We're going to do the rotisserie. And as soon as I stood up and, I, you know, you have to lift one leg to get out of the tub. And so often in women that, like, just start stuff, you know? So I got up and as soon as I got out of the tub and I'm like standing half out of the tub, I was like, I need to pee. <laughs> and I was like, somebody put down a towel. I didn't want my daughter to see me pee on the floor. Um, Cause you know, at six years old, that would have been really worrying to her. So they did. And I definitely peed on the towel. And then I kind of stumbled over to the bed and got on one side and um, immediately the, the, pushing contractions just double like I I was like I cannot help but push so I one of the midwives was pushing on my hips really hard Ryan was at my head just like trying to keep me calm telling me to breathe 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 and I was like I can't help it I'm pushing and my water just broke everywhere um (laughs) like you know how it does it was very forceful and the midwife's like oh Christina you can push and I'm like I already am (laughs) good good I can push and so immediately with that first with the water breaking in the first push his head was there and I felt the ring of fire and um and I remember just it felt like an eternity like I knew that it probably was only a few seconds of just waiting for his head to stretch whatever needed to stretch and um but I'm like praying in my head oh god please please let let it be done let it be done (laughs) and then I got the second the second pushing contraction and um the midwife was like oh his head's out do you oh my gosh he's breathing do you do you feel him breathing and I was like are you kidding me like in my brain I'm like I can't feel anything I feel fire my kid's head is hanging out of my body <laughs> let me tell you what I feel I know I didn't I don't think I said anything I was just like you know trying to not scream my head off and um and it felt like I had I mean I, I was amazed at how powerful my body could push especially since I knew I'd been having contractions for six weeks. I was like, you know, man, this is amazing. How strong, how strong I still am. Even though I thought I couldn't do it, here I am. And then um, as soon as the head was out, I remember, I think she must have seen that the head was pretty big. And she said, you need to push as hard as you can with the next contractions. So I did. And he just came shooting out. And um, 
he was uh, the biggest baby that they had caught. It was 10 pounds, nine ounces, 23 and a half inches long. Um, and then uh, we couldn't believe it. He was there. So what was kind of crazy was from the time when I was still only four centimeters to holding him was just over 45 minutes. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so definitely not a Friedman's curve or a linear equation at all. <laughs> you know, six weeks of no change. I stayed four centimeters that whole time to suddenly here he is. Um, and then um, he and, and one and it was like 10, you know, 10 minutes from the time I stood up in the water when I said I just cannot do it anymore. Then I was holding him. So I finally hit my transition, my transformation. A quick one. Now, Christina, you've told me this story before, and I just want to ask Ryan. Ryan, could you tell me about the window being open during this? Uh, We had opened the window in the bathroom just to get some some fresh air in from outside. The liner smelled. Huh? The birth tub liner sure, yeah. smelled plasticky. And so the uh, the neighbors across the street asked me some days after the fact, you know, whenever we they found out that we'd had the baby at home and it was in that room, they they asked kind of when was the timing of that because the husband, uh, you know, told his wife Barbara, I'm pretty sure they just had their baby because <laughs> they could hear you know Patrick screaming from across the street, you know, out the window and everything, and it really was like right around the same time. So they. They somehow, you know, had heard, you know, across the across the way there, probably, you know, a couple hundred feet away, the, the birth go down, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they were like, I thought I heard a baby cry, and then, you know, it's like, and my wife said it was the cat, and but I thought it sounded like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> that is too funny. Now, after Patrick was born, you guys did still have a Harry Potter celebration, though, didn't you? Oh, we did definitely. Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, we did. I had gotten butter beer. I begged the last case from uh, a guy at Earth Fair because he was born during Halloween, um, close to Halloween. He was born at the end of October. And, you know, so a lot of the butter beer was gone from Halloween. Anyway, I had managed to procure a case and I had baked pumpkin muffins, with chocolate chips. And that, I think, is what was even more exciting to my son, the three-year-old, than the brother. I remember they brought him in and um, he's like, goes over and he, he was really happy about having a brother because uh, we hadn't found out that it was a boy or girl. We just waited till he was, till the baby was born. Um, and Ryan announced it very tentatively. I think it's a I think it's a boy it was pretty dark (laughs) and I'm like trying to feel and I couldn't like that's just an umbilical cord I don't know um anyway so we brought brought the this little toddler in and we're like you have a baby brother and he's like oh yay now can I have muffins (laughs) he's cool but muffins are delicious I know so I'm not sure what he was more happy about um and then my daughter like Ryan said got to be there for the birth and she was just enthralled. She was a little scared at one point when I was losing my mind. Um, and we had told her she could leave at any time. And I actually had a friend there that was just, that was her whole job was to just make sure that my daughter, Awen was comfortable. So she had take, she had taken her out. And then my daughter's like, okay, I think I'm all right now. I want to go back in. And so she came back in and just in time to see me pushing and um, my daughter. So that was the most amazing thing she'd ever seen was seeing her brother born. Um, she was very disappointed he was a boy not a girl but she forgave him pretty quickly <laughs> oh good and then uh, what was like really funny was well i and i had this baby and 
my uterus was so irritated that um, I I was still having like constant contractions even after I'd had him. I was having to massage it every night. Uh, no, <laughs> this is still at the birth, and so oh, I um. <laughs> I was just so anxious to get that placenta out. Like I, I felt like my body was just trying to get the placenta out and it took a while for the placenta to detach. Um, anyway, it, when the placenta finally came out, it was such a relief, but it was a five pound placenta. Holy moly. I put it in a bag and I forgot to bury it. So it sat in our garage for a couple of weeks. And eventually, oh my word. Yeah, don't tell waste management, but I eventually just put it in the trash. <laughs> I won't tell. <laughs> but um anyway that that was um that was why I think it was so irritating I'm like okay my body is trying to get rid of five more pounds but um after that I got in, I after the placenta was out I felt so much better such relief and I went to go take a shower and I was like oh man I can I can see my feet this is amazing and of course by the time I come back out of the shower um the whole room has been transformed you know the sheets are changed anything that was dirty has been picked up and cleaned the washing machine's going the baby's all swaddled and it's this adorable little Gryffindor Quidditch jersey and tiny tiny cloth diaper and um my husband and kids were just holding him loving him and I get in the bed and I'm like wait where are the midwives and they come in dressed in Hogwarts robes with the witch's hats on it was so perfect. I wish I could get that at a hospital. <laughs> you definitely can't. <laughs> They'd probably call Child Protective Services. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so neat. And you guys, it sounds like you went from really good birth to better to best. Yeah, we felt that way. I really like. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly like Awen's birth didn't feel really good to me. I maybe you feel differently about it, but. The whole experience of being up two nights in a row and going to and from the hospital twice and yeah, that it, is, it, wasn't, awesome. it wasn't awful, but it was just I guess it was just tiring. That's all. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't an easy birth, but I, I mean personally, I had no birth trauma, which is quite Same, rare. I, I did not have any trauma. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, like with the first birth, I did have a difficult, yeah, more really difficult. Hard tear. Yeah, yeah, I had a more difficult recovery. I had a second degree tear. Um, and then I just really tried to do way too much too soon. We had like, I think 21 visitors the first day she was born. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the hospital. And then, uh, as soon as I got home, I like, we went to an art show and walked around, you know, and I'm just like, what was I thinking? But I really thought like, if you were healthy, you were supposed to bounce right back. So it meant that I just took forever to recover. I just not, did not feel back to my normal self for months um whereas with the boys because because of the they were in a better position um and I mean that did take a lot of doing the my chiropractor would have to do the Webster maneuver on me pretty much weekly that's when they just very gently release the ligaments the round ligaments on the side of your uterus and make everything nice and even so the baby's head doesn't get squeezed and they're very encouraged to keep their head in a good position. Um, they would, she would have to do that to me weekly because my boys just like to flip, rotate back into the wrong position, flip out. Um, so I really think having them in a good position and um, also not I, with my daughter, it was hard because of her position. It was a lot harder to push. So I ended up doing the guided pushing where they are like, you know, count for 10 seconds and I hold my breath so when that happens you tend to tear more right. um, so with the boys I was very much spontaneous pushing if anything they were telling me to try to slow it down and um, they did I didn't tear at all with either boy 
and they were incredible. They were much bigger. They were way bigger. And it was like, uh, it was both boys 10 minutes from the first time from my water breaking in that like transition pushing where you absolutely like, it's not just that you have an urge to push, but you are pushing and you cannot help it. It was 10 minutes with both. Whereas my daughter, it was a good four hours from. Yeah. And you seem to kind of allude to this, your postpartum recovery with your last one or your last two was, was better. You took more time to yourself. It was my second, my second one. I still was, um, I knew more I needed to rest. Um, but I also ended up having a really difficult time nursing my second one and that made it incredibly difficult. Um, I ended up with adrenal fatigue and near adrenal failure a year later, but with my third, I knew he also had the same anatomical defect. He had a tongue tie and a tight lip tie, but I knew what, what it was. We corrected it right away. We had a, a lactation consultant and a good team in place. Um, and then Ryan was really, really, really good about guarding those six weeks after the birth and just making me rest, making sure I had help. I had all kinds of meals brought to me by our church and by the women in my homeschool co-op. Um, so I was able to rest and it was a totally different thing. Like when I was after those six weeks, I felt great. Um, you know, the baby's still keeping me up all night and, but I didn't mind. Like, it was just like, that's okay. Whereas with my daughter, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so desperate for sleep because I'm on him running on empty. Right. That makes sense. Well, guys, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show and getting to hear both of your perspectives. Ryan, do you have anything to add at the last minute? I think that three is a great number of children. Okay, we can turn it off. For any family to have. <laughs> so number four, you'll be coming back on. That's right. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That'll be by, I guess, surrogate with a full-time live-in nanny. Okay, I'll write that down. Yeah, write that down. <laughs> Oh, well, I really, really appreciate it, you guys. And I look forward to talking to you and hearing from you again sometime soon. Okay. Bye-bye.